This is Max Minardi for Star Command. Come in, Star Command. Max Minardi, Star Command reads you loud and clear. How may we help you? Star Command, I am looking for a happy hour. I'm here in Chico, California, an alien town. I've never been before. Where can I go? Uh, you can park your spaceship in the rear hangar at the handlebar right here in Chico, 2070 East 20th Street, for happy hour, seven days a week, 2 to 6 p.m. Star Command confirming that is 2070 East 20th Street at the handlebar. Confirmed, Max Minardi, you are cleared for landings and libations. Carry on. Over and out. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello out there. Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. We are a program that talks about the worlds of craft beer and movies each and every week. My name is Max Minardi. Johnny Summers here reporting for Liftoff. This week on the show, Disney brings us a heavy-hitting dose of nostalgia with Lightyear. It's the movie that our friend Andy from Toy Story saw back in 1995, and the film that inspired its namesake action figure here, Buzz, isn't voiced by Tim Allen, but rather Chris Evans, and he's crash-landed on an alien planet and needs to find a way to get himself and his crew back home safely. And in the alcohol department, we got beers this week from Streetside Brewing out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Love it. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a fantastic Thursday evening, and I do hate to make it worse, but I got to tell you that unfortunately, you will not be hearing our episode today in its entirety. You're only going to get the first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of Lightyear. Yeah, but Max, if they wanted to hear the full conversation, which includes spoilers for Lightyear and a review of the second beer from Streetside Brewing... Our hot and bothered segment, and so much more. Where would they go? Lots of places, dude. They go to Spotify. They could go to SoundCloud, of course, Stitcher, obviously Apple Podcasts. Uh, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found, uh, are found. Excuse me. You can also check out our website, uh, FreshHopCinema.com. We drop new episodes every single Friday morning at 7 a.m. And hey, if you like the show, honestly, just take a second. Feel free to leave us a five-star rating and or a review if you're a bit of a wordsmith. Uh, I know you can leave written reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and let us know that you did. We really appreciate that sort of thing. Um, for all your social media needs, you can find the show on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. You can find us on Letterboxd for film reviews. You can find us on Untapped for beer reviews. And both of those are at Fresh Hop Cinema. And like I said, you could just also check out our website, www.freshhopcinema.com. And if you want even more of us every single week, you should be the coolest kid on the block and join Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. Sign up. You get bonus episodes every week. You get fun parties. You get crazy events, barbecues, beers, merch. Bar hangs, movie nights. Oh, my God. There's so much. We the just did a bonus episode with our friend Chris Gomez. We talked about uh, his favorite movie. I think we decided on that show, literally of all time, would mm -hmm. be the new Dune, 2021's Dune. Uh, did like an hour and a half talking about that and drinking some tasty beers, which is available now, by the way, to our patrons on our website. So that's right. Um, yeah, Patreon's great. It's it's Patreon.com/slash Fresh Hop Cinema if you want to check it out. Um, and per tradition, we do have a birthday shout out this week. We do. Uh, June twenty fourth would have been Miyagi Pocock's birthday. Yeah. So shout out to Miyagi. Miss you, my friend. Uh, and maybe Johnny, we break ceremony and do a, a brief little one of one of these. Uh, in honor of Miyagi. Cheers. And a moment of silence. Okay. With our housekeeping out of the way, sir, let's get into beers. You said Streetside Brewing. I don't know what that is. Uh, tell me. Streetside Brewing <clears throat> out of Cincinnati, Ohio. 
from their website. Let's read a little bit about them. In November 1788, the intersection of a dream and a pioneering spirit ignited Benjamin Stites and 26 others to found the settlement, settlement of Columbia along the banks of the Ohio near the Little Miami River, now known as Columbia Tusculum. Streetside Brewery is proud to be rooted in Cincinnati's oldest neighborhood. With the same industrious energy, the Hickey family, Streetside Brewery founders, and residents of Columbia Tusculum strives to provide a down-to-earth experience with a selection of exceptional craft beer that's as diverse and original as the community they serve. Streetside Brewery runs the gamut from IPAs and wheats to lagers and stouts to specialty beers, and they are featured seasonally. The tap room also spotlights guest taps to support fellow local breweries. And our first beer today... It's called Pucket. That's it, right. It's um, it's a it's a fruited Berliner Weiss. It's four and a half percent. They have this, this to say: We at Streetside love dessert so much that we've done our best to make beers taste just like our favorite sweets. And from that union comes Pucket, P-U-C, by the way, our pineapple upside down cake Berliner Weiss. Sweet pineapple, subtle cherry, and savory cake flavor meld to make the perfect combination of cakey, pineapple-y goodness. Um, this seems like something that could be too sweet and also something that might have been stronger in alcohol. I hearing that description, my brain goes to something that might be like an eight or 9%, like double dessert, like some type of like kettle sour. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's not what this is. And we've both now had a taste. What's mm -hmm. your initial impression? Like, don't even give me anything technical. Like what, just your feelings, man, it's cake battery. It's very battery. It's, uh, I've had cake batter like ice cream before, and yeah, it's it's slapping like cake batter and frosting. Um, How do you feel? Concerned that it has lactose in it. Oh shoot! Yeah, for, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> but overall, it I I'm conflicted because it's not nearly as sweet as I thought it was going to be. Like I don't know if this is sweet enough, dude. So okay, uh, to answer my own question, I am in love with this. Yeah, I, I do think it's sweet, but it's it is more like cake battery, like you're saying, than fruity. Um, there's certainly some pineapple there, but um, this is super, super cakey. Yeah, it's cakey. It's like yellow cake. Yeah, it really is. Like I'm, exactly. I'm also scanning the can. I'm sure you already did this, but I'm just looking for any mention of lactose because um, as maybe new listeners don't know, you are lactose intolerant. Yeah. Um, usually if, if I know that a beer has lactose, I'll just take some pills. Sure. It's all good. Uh, didn't think about it for this one. Yeah, I think, I don't know, man. I, I don't know that I'm so attached to the idea that it might have lactose, it tastes not quite that creamy to me. Yeah. And granted, it, it doesn't always add creaminess. Sometimes just objective sweetness. But even then, I'm like, no, no, I think this is probably lactose heavy or at all. Well, and I looked it up on their website where we got all the tasting info and yeah. there was no mention of it. And usually people are pretty good about that. Yeah. As it is kind of an allergen. Totally. So. And the key would be to find one on their website that does have lactose so we could prove like, oh yeah, they put it in the description. Totally. Um, Dude, this is super, super good. Yeah. Pleasant surprise. Uh almost gets instead of pineapple I, i'm a little bit lemony like there's this that subtle citrus oh, like, interesting it's just vaguely citrus tart but on the nose it is straight up like cake batter yeah there's there's it's, almost no fruit it on the smells nose. so good granted i actually sipped it before i smelled it today um and now going so like maybe my my tongue is just overwhelmed by the flavor that i can't pick up the fruitiness on my nose anymore but i agree smelling it now it's like completely cake batter the cake batter ice cream or just i guess Probably cake batter normally. Actual but, cake batter, yeah. Um, there's an artificiality to cake batter or uh, like birthday cake ice cream mm -hmm. that isn't there with traditional cake batter, yeah. which I think is more similar to what I'm getting here. Uh, the artificial? Yeah. Or the, okay. Yeah. Um, like in an ice cream or like um, 
Uh, no, that's probably the best, yeah. best example. Yeah, like when something's like cake flavored and it's just got a ton of vanilla in it. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but still, I mean, knowing that it's pineapple upside down and then smelling it, you can find it all. Like, For sure. At first, I would have just said cake batter and sweet and vanilla. But you smell it again, you're like, oh, yeah, I, mm -hmm. there's a pineapple. It t smells like pineapple yeah, upside down sure. cake. Let's talk can, dude. So um, good. That's, it's so great. Yeah, it's um, it's it's not quite Pac-Man. It's, it's some demonized sort of well, it's, it's, tweaked version. It's a cake. It's copyright proof. Friendly. Yeah, yeah copyright friendly <laughs> Pac-Man shaped like a pineapple. A yeah. Wow. Pineapple upside down cake. That. You're right. Words are hard. And, and there's almost like a Pac-Man-esque level around him with the dots and yeah. the corners, but it's all kind of jumbled. It's just vague enough to give you the the idea. Subconsciously, like, oh yeah, Pac-Man. It's the implication. Um, He looks cracked out of his mind, yeah. by the way. He's just, he's drank a lot of this stuff. He's even holding a pint in his hand. Mm -hmm. um, but very eye grabby. I also love the homage to the original Pac-Man text with the with the name of the beer pocket, of course. Yeah. Um, Dude, I'm into this. I'm gonna have another drink, but I'm I'm lit I'm loving it. I'm, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not um, being hyperbolic. I love this beer. It's so two far. thumbs way up from Young it Max Minardi really is, so yeah. far. Well, I like a beer that is as advertised, you know. And when it says it's gonna taste like pineapple, cake, cherries, you know, maybe some frosting in there. It's you want that. You want cakey. You want pineapple-y, You want to have it follow through. And I think. A lot of beers say they taste like stuff, and it's just kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah, if you, if really, you go fishing for if it. If you focus really hard, if you close your eyes and, and just dream, then maybe. But this one, there's no mistaking. This is exactly as advertised. Yeah. And that scores points just for me, just on principle. Totally. It's doing what it says it was going to do. And I love that. I think, dude, the thing that is, is really catching me off guard and surprising me in a pleasant way is is the cakiness, is like the the the, the, the bready, battery quality. Not battery, sorry. Batter E. Yeah. The flavor that is reminiscent of cake batter. Yeah. Rather than a battery in a car or something. Mm -hmm. um, it's like got this like grain kind of um, almost like a cornmeal sweetness that is super, super good. Um, and I feel like I'm often put off after a couple drinks of a traditional Berliner Weiss because of the tartness that usually comes along with it. Mm -hmm. And I agree this is maybe not as sweet or, or tart, either of those, as Berliner Weisses typically could be. But I'm loving this more muted kind of round flavor that I'm getting. Yeah. At first, I was concerned that it wasn't sweet enough. Yeah. But I love that it's not too tart mm -hmm. because pineapple upside down cakes are not. Yeah. So inherently, to get that flavor, you have to have a bit more balance and, and yeah. a little bit more stability and understating a lot of it. You know, you can't have a super sour Berliner Weiss. Right. Right. And pull this flavor off. So, yeah, I, I love that it's a little dialed back. Where'd you get this? Spike's Bottle Shop. Nice. Okay. Were there more left here in town? In oh, yeah. Sweet. Okay. Um, I do feel like I'm going to throw it, regardless of my rating and, and my enjoyment, I will say this is one of the, the more unique beers that I've had in a long time. Yeah. So if you can get your hands on it, it might be other places in town. Of course, we don't strictly endorse Spike's, but they do have a great selection. So if you can get it, um, I think try it at the very least. Um, I was looking over their description one more time. The only thing I'm not really getting from what they said is the subtle cherry. Again, like maybe I could go fishing for it, but it's not. I think it's there. You it's think so? It's there in like the last three quarters. It kind of, the the citrusy kind of blends into like a fruit jamminess. I'll give you jammy. Sure, yeah. that's true. But from, yeah, I get, well, maybe. Maybe that's true. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, the strawberries that they use in pineapple upside down cake are usually like pie filling, like cherry pie or like the maraschino cherries. So yeah, okay. It's like an artificial or like super... 
uh, processed, I guess would be the word. I'm going to shout this out because it's happened so many times. Gonna... You have picked up your glass and the coaster has stuck about six times. And every time you're like, you're surprised by it. <laughs> Screw that coaster. <laughs> Get it away from me. Um, that's great. It's our own coaster. And you're like, no, no longer. Um, okay. Anything you don't like about Puckett? You know, I would say initially I didn't like it because it wasn't, I mean, I didn't like the sweetness level. Yes. But now that I've had a few sips, I think it's very appropriate for the beer because if there was more sweetness, I'd probably already be sick of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, there's not much I don't like about it. It's a very unique beer. I love getting surprised by beers, man. We have so many. It's great to just be like, whoa, this is wild. This is a flavor that I've never had. This is rad. I, I really am liking this experience. I think as a package from the can to the liquid to the drinking experience, this is this is top notch. I think if you're in Chico or anywhere that this is beer is available, you should snag it. Yeah, my only thing that I'm not completely in love with is the body of it. Uh, it actually, it's more the interplay between the body and the carbonation. Uh, it's, it's fairly lightly carbonated, I mm-hmm. think. And there's the sweetness makes it feel a little heavier then I think a 4.5% Berliner Weiss probably should. So I would take, I actually, I don't want to change anything about the flavor or the body. So I would just like a little bit more carbonation. So it's not perfect, but it is darn close if you ask me. All right. All right. Do you have any other thoughts on Puckett or should we give it a rating out of 10? I think it's great. I think we should rate it. Okay. Uh, after you, sir. For me, it's a 8.9. 8.9. This is fantastic. Uh, had a lot of fruited Berliner Weisses. This one is full of surprises. Flavors are as advertised. Um, a fun new experience that I uh, don't think I've ever tasted anything quite like this in a beer. So it takes that whole idea of, you know, a key lime goza or mm-hmm. a lot of these fruited dessert pastry type gentle sours in the, the goza and the Berliner Weiss sure. realm and yeah. kind of just takes it to that next step. So 8.9. For me, it's a nine, which yeah. is uh, practically speaking, basically the same rating. I think it's almost perfect. Yeah. The only thing I don't like is what I just said. I would love to drink this again. It's fantastic. I would love to get more. It's one of those that is so unique. I'm, I will try to go. And I, we say this sometimes on the show, like, oh, drink it more. I'm going to go get some for the summertime or whatever. And I never actually do that. But with this one, I, partially because I don't ever say that. You say that a lot. Mm-hmm. For me, this is a rare time where I will go out of my way. If I see this again, uh, I will for sure pick it up. I think it's fantastic. Well, you can get more. You should. Yeah. Uh, well, once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema possibly on a Thursday evening on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you get the chance to try Pucket or any other beers, really, from Streetside Brewery, we do want to know what you think, so please don't hesitate to reach out. And while you're at it, take a picture of yourself drinking and tag us on your social media at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema on Instagram. Be as cool as our friend, Lori. Shout out, Lori. What's up? You can also email us at fhccast at gmail.com, or if you're enjoying the show, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Next is a trailer for this week's movie, Lightyear. Don't worry, there's no spoilers in this next segment, so stick around. A year of work for a four-minute flight. Isn't that something? (laughs) We're all ready if you are, sir. Well, let's go find out if this... (laughs) We got a breach in the perimeter. Thank you. Buzz Lightyear Mission Log. After a full year of being marooned on this planet, our first test flight is a go. Let's get everyone home. Good luck, Captain. We're counting on you! Roger that. There's a star 
Alice. Whoa. I am Socks, your personal companion robot. We're being pursued by a... Just a massive robot. That was utterly terrifying, and I regret having joined you. I can provide sleep sounds if you like. I have several options. Summer night, ocean paradise, whale calls. No, no. White noise is fine. Very well. Good night, socks. Good night, Buzz. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast slash show about the worlds of craft beer and film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, you're only going to be hearing the first half of our show on the radio today. But if you'd like to hear the whole thing, you can head on over to Fresh Hop Cinema and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever quality podcasts are found. It's going to be available to download tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough, there's plenty more to digest. As a reminder, what you just heard was a trailer for this week's movie, Lightyear. Lightyear tells the story basically of a young astronaut named Buzz Lightyear, who we have all come to know from the Toy Story franchise, who, after being marooned on a hostile planet uh, because he decided he could get the crew out of peril on his own, didn't need anybody's help, he crashed the ship, uh, he tries to find his way back home while confronting a threat uh, in the form of the infamous guy that terrified us as children, Emperor Zurg. Uh, this was directed by Angus McLean with a story by McLean and Jason Headley. And it stars Chris Evans as Lightyear. Kiki Palmer plays Izzy Hawthorne. She is the granddaughter of Alicia Hawthorne, who was Lightyear's um, sort of first mate and, and I think commander um, early on. We get into some t- kind of time travel stuff in this movie that maybe we'll talk about in a little bit. There's also some side characters that are worth noting, like uh, Dale Sewells, who plays uh, Darby Steele. He's a uh, sort of a, a convict that knows how to make bombs out of things and is is getting time off of his sentence by uh, helping out on this trip. You also have Taika Waititi showing up as Mo Morrison. He thought this was going to be sort of like a fun boot camp and then is in over his head. And then uh, Peter Stone voices an animatronic cat named Socks, which I'm sure was your favorite character, Johnny. 100%. And then you have the voice of Emperor Zurg uh, from actor James Brolin, the father of Josh Brolin, of course. This came out on June 17th in theaters in America, and it runs an hour and 45 minutes long. Now, Johnny, we um, are in a strange spot with movie releases in terms of mainstream wide release. And, and this maybe isn't a movie that we would have picked over something else. Like like if, if Thor had come out a couple weeks earlier than it will in a few weeks, like we probably would have watched Thor. We probably would have watched most movies that we were excited about over this, which isn't to say I wasn't excited about Lightyear, but I don't have the type of nostalgia of like putting Toy Story on my top five Pixar movies of all time. Right. Which you did back in the day. Correct. Were you excited for Lightyear? I was. I was pretty stoked. I like the character of Buzz Lightyear. They really kind of took it a more serious, straightforward angle, mm-hmm. like the way, for, as opposed to in Toy Story. Yes. Because the Toy Story version is Tim Allen voicing an action figure that is based on a fictional movie that exists in... Did you know that? Because I was unclear. Like, I wasn't sure if we were seeing a movie and, like, if in the Toy Story universe, 
Buzz Lightyear was like a famous astronaut, and there right. was an. But but no, it turns out like what you're saying, like it's a fictional movie that Andy had watched. Yeah, I didn't know that till the movie started, and it said that on the screen. I, I know. Like, okay, that like, makes sense. It was very quick table dressing. Like, okay, here's what you're dealing with. Yep. I was, uh, by the way, bummed out when it it said that, and then in my opinion, everything after that should be the 1995 quote unquote movie. But it was still like Disney Pixar. I would have loved if they were like, Toy Studios presents, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Lightyear. But right. They kept that in in reality, which was very confusing. Not confusing, but I was like, you could have could have committed more than that. Yeah, but okay. totally. So yeah, there was a, a bit of nostalgia. I mean, I was ten when Toy Story came out. I think mm-hmm. was it ninety seven, ninety six, uh, ninety five. I think. Yeah. So I was eight. Yeah. Yeah. So I was target audience. Sure. For for right. Toy Story. So you were you were hyped going in, or you were like, this will be something. I wasn't hyped. I had this would be something definitely. That's a good vibe. It was. Okay, I'm gonna watch this, yeah. and no great expectations. I wasn't like super stoked for it, but I was, I was there. I was ready. It okay. was yeah. I went in fairly neutral, really. Okay, well, how how was it? Uh, it was really kind of as advertised. You came out neutral, also. I really, I really <laughs> did. Changed. No, I mean it was entertaining. Okay. It was funny when it needed to be. It was, you know, nothing about the plot was very hard to follow. I mean, it was. Definitely targeted towards a, a younger For sure. audience. So you kind of go into that expecting that and you don't really expect a you know super complex plot and a lot of like deep okay. sci-fi. But the thing with like the original Toy Story movies is they always had elements geared towards adults inside mm-hmm. children's movies. Mm-hmm. And that's what made Toy Story so different is that parents liked it and kids liked right. it because there was two layers of humor that one was way above the kid's head uh, and that was really groundbreaking and it set the mold for a lot of, of children's movies, you know, especially mm-hmm. from Pixar, for sure, and, Pixar yeah. and Disney kind of picked up on that a little bit too. Um, but Lightyear left me entertained, not overwhelmed, not underwhelmed, completely whelmed. It was exactly what I expected to be exactly what I wanted to wanted it to be. No, no real surprises, uh, but an adequately good time. It was completely sufficient. Okay. I I went in with yeah pretty pretty you know ambivalent expectations I was like you know whatever happens here is fine with me um, I'm not particularly fond of the original Toy Story when we did our top five back in the day it didn't make my top five of, of Disney Pixar films um, so I was like yeah I'm gonna go watch a kids movie uh, with some nostalgia built into it and I think that'll be fine I was kind of stoked there were a couple things that I enjoyed. Um, you know, uh, about sort of the structure of the movie. Number one, they start dealing with, with like interspace travel and time travel and like the bending and quantum mechanics kind of, they glaze over it pretty quick, just enough where I can't really pick it apart. Cause it's like, it's basically the rules are set with one sentence, a robot's explaining it to buzz. And he's like, I get it. The faster I go, the longer it takes or whatever mm-hmm. for other people, which is kind of true, but they very, very much dumb it down, which yeah. is fine. Um, I also really like the consistency of the character of Buzz Lightyear because his whole thing in Toy Story is like his insecurity of his identity, right? It's like he doesn't know he's a toy. I guess like all the other <laughs> toys have come to terms, like we're toys, and he's like, I am, I am him, mm-hmm. I am the Buzz, and that insecurity and like need for self and others validating him is a through line here, which I thought was nice, um, and it becomes pretty clear early on, like he's gonna have to overcome this one thing, which is him um, admitting he doesn't have to, he doesn't maybe not able to do everything on his own. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, it's, it's a pretty on the nose, easy sort of one note character thing, but it worked pretty well. Um, I agree with you that the movie is funny when it had to be. I, um, 
almost started crying. I did tear up. I like I had like one teardrop. I wiped my tear at the same time that Buzz did, basically. Um, sort of early on in the movie. I thought that was nice. Didn't expect that. Right. Um, overall, dude, like a super solid movie. Not ground, not groundbreaking in, in any sort of way where it's saying something new about the human experience or anything. But fun animation and a cool story and, you know, fun to see all that again. Absolutely. So completely adequate entertainment. Yes. Um, how do you feel? I, I really like the idea of, of Chris Evans now being in two movie franchises where he is like aging slower than everybody else and all of his loved ones are dying around right. him. Like, yeah, Captain America where he's fallen asleep for forever and then here where he like travels around a sun and then everybody's aging slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about Chris Evans as as the... Do you love Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear? I did. And how do you feel about Chris Evans here? You know, it wasn't super identifiable as Chris Evans. Okay. Like it was a little. It's not a Taika Waititi voice. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So, I mean, it could have been an unknown actor that mm-hmm. had kind of just a noble you know, broad Pixar dad voice. Sure. And I think it would have gotten the job done. So uh, really lukewarm on Chris Evans okay. as a whole. Okay. Have you ever been curious about Emperor Zerg? Sure. Have you ever thought about that like more than, what is it, what even happens in Toy Story where, that we meet Zerg? How do we even know about that? I don't remember. He's just like, uh, Buzz is always talking about him. Just his nemesis, right? Yeah. Don't we see him though at some point? Don't we see him like the second in or like third In like a movie? toy store. Yeah. There's right, like a Zerg right, action right, figure, right, right. I believe. Um, this movie does a lot with that. Yeah. We delve into who Zerg is and who the robots are and all that. Um, was that interesting to you or was it just like filler? I thought it was moderately interesting. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I sure. mean, we won't get into it. Spoiler. Yeah. I was going to yeah, say was, like, I thought it was interesting. Sure. It was, didn't blow my mind. Totally. And but it, f- it was, it does feel like sort of the hinge pin on which the movie tries to pivot and, and give you something of a revelation. Yeah. And I don't know that that totally works. No, it wasn't um, like, whoa, what? There's a movie um, called, um, called uh, now that I can't, why can't it, Spider uh, Head. Spider Head, that I'm going to talk about in Hot and Bothered today, which has a similar thing happen in, in the third act where it tries to, I think, um, overly convolute things in an attempt to impress its audience. Mm. I'm not saying that's necessarily what happened here. I don't know they were trying to impress us. Um, but it did feel to me like it was like all, not unnecessary, but... Um, no, I guess I do mean unnecessary. Obligatory. A little bit, yeah. We need a twist to have a twist because a twist goes here. Yeah, um, which is fine, and and I just don't know that I love the way that it was handled. Obviously, I'm dancing around spoilers a bit here, um, so I won't say too much more, but I, I think it was okay. I do think the movie kind of falls apart towards the end a little bit. Yeah, I think the beginning was the best part, beginning, middle, mm-hmm. strong first mm-hmm. and second act. Really, uh, Taika Waititi shines in this movie. Let's talk about him. Let's He's, talk about that whole side crew. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it's spoilery to say that they're stranded on a planet nope. and they're trying to get back to hyperspeed. Right. Which is so, they're just like throwing out space words. Yeah. But yeah, sure. Just basically, they're trying to get their warp drive going again. Yes. And, and they have other space Because their, their like hyperdrive crystal was shattered on, yeah. on the first crash. So, Buzz Lightyear is doing these test flights to make sure, to test yeah. fuel ratios. Yes. Turns out he leaves once, four years go by, it's been 10 yeah, minutes for him. Totally. Uh, and that keeps happening, so time keeps going by and by and by. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's same age, everyone's getting older, blah, blah, blah. He was not bothered enough by this, I don't Yeah, think. it didn't really have the weight, the heft. This is a deep fear of mine. Like, I've had nightmares where I am really? like, teleported back to, like, high school age, which is, I guess, kind of the opposite, except that everybody else is going along with their life. And I, in my brain, in my dreams, I'm like, if I don't make the exact same right decisions, my life is going to be different. It scares me. And he's sort of like, all right, well, everybody else has gone by for four years. I've been four minutes. Let's just do it again. Yeah. And like, it, there, this happens probably 
seven or eight times. And at no point is he like ever challenged with dealing with the reckoning, what that means. Like the, everybody he knows basically is getting older and going to die. Yeah. He's like, I got to finish the mission. Mm-hmm. I could go the next movie without hearing him say, I got to finish the mission. Yeah. It's just, it's, I get that he's invested, but good Lord, dude. <laughs> like, what are you, who are you trying to take home at that point? Right. Like, that's the whole thing. I got to get these people back to home or wherever we're going. It's like, they're all going to be dead. But yeah. You're just good. Civil- loose c- civilization lives here now. Yeah. Uh, all that to say, it's, it's way, way in the future and they're, you know, being sieged, sieged, besieged, being besmirched sure. by this alien robot species. They have a laser shield around the city. Yep. Aliens are trying to invade. All that's left on the outside of the shield is this ragtag bunch of kind of like weekend warrior type totally. volunteer trainees yes. uh, that are super underqualified. So your classic band of misfits. There's a joke where Buzz is like, are you guys all just recruits? Because he doesn't like recruits. No, he's make any, they're like, we would, rookies. Or, yeah. We're they're working like, we up to We would love it. to be rookies. No, we're like just <laughs> bottom of the barrel. Yeah, we're working on being rookies. Yeah, so that was kind of where Taika Waititi came in. You had him, uh, and uh, was that Kiki Palmer? Uh, no, you had Dale Souls. Souls? I'm not sure. S O U L E S. Um, actually, she so she was voicing Darby Steele, who is here played by an old man, but mm-hmm. um, is a woman. She acted in um, Orange Is the New Black, which I never watched. And, Dale and a couple Souls of things. Did? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then of course, um, like I said, Peter Stone was Socks and mm-hmm. uh, Taika Waititi, and yeah, and like you said, Kiki Palmer was yeah. Izzy. Uh, so they were the the misfit band of yeah. of untrained, just kind of figuring out as they go. So that was fun. Yes, uh, watching anyone Taika Waititi voices kind of bumble around mm-hmm. and figure out weapons and it's stuff. Great. It's it's fun. So I think he added the most solid comedic elements to the movie. It didn't. For sure. His lines didn't feel forced. His delivery felt very organic and mm-hmm. genuinely funny. So I think he was the shining star. You know, when it came to the comedy. sure. If, if nothing else that I will take away from this movie, I will say they innovated a new way to make a sandwich, which, while I'm not <laughs> convinced will be good, I will try at some point in my life. Um, but meat, for now, bread, meat? Meat, bread, meat, baby. Uh, let's give it an out of 10, Johnny. What you got? Out of 10, it's it's a 6-2 yeah, all it's, day. It's a 6 flat for me. Okay. Uh, you know, it actually might... No, it's that it seems... No, it's a 5. Sorry. Totally middle of the road. Uh, and we can talk about that more in a little bit here. But for now, once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. Lightyear is currently in theaters. So if you've seen it and you have thoughts of your own, you can reach us on social media. We're on Instagram at Fresh Hop Cinema or Letterboxd or Untapped at Fresh Hop Cinema. Or you can just send us an email to fhccast at gmail.com. And to our radio listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for Lightyear, a review of that second beer, Hot and Bothered, and so much more, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. The rest of this episode will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And to those of you already listening on your podcast app, we'll be right back. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome. Welcome. Danger Zone. Oh, all right. Welcome to the Danger Zone. Uh, if you're a new listener, this is the part of the show where we spoil our movie of the week. So if you haven't seen Lightyear yet and you don't want it spoiled, go watch it. Come back when you have. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, here we go. Before we get to it, Johnny Summers, how much was our first beer? We can't talk about it. We're on the when we're on the radio waves. But oh yeah. How much was it? I think it was around six dollars. Pocket six dollars. I think sixteen ounce can. I don't think we said that. Yep. Um, you know, a little pricier, but pretty worth it. It's mm-hmm. a great beer.
Okay, let's talk about Lightyear, my friend. Um, what I was trying to hint at earlier is like they start getting into Zerg and mm -hmm. time travel. And Zerg is Buzz. Buzz is Zerg. Yeah, future old Buzz. Uh, Finkel is Einhorn. The whole deal. No, nothing on that? What? You don't know what that is? Oh, it's Ace Ventura. Oh, you didn't give me anything. I know you're pouring a beer. Just focus. <laughs> um, you're pouring a beer that we can't drink yet, by the way. Buzz Lightyear was a woman. What? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so whatever, like Zerg is buzz far in the future. Life didn't go great for him. He spent the whole time alone. He has never evolved past. We need to be liked. We need to finish the mission. And our yeah. buzz is like, yo, I've learned there are more important things. Yeah. That twist, like we said, kind of didn't work for you at all. Didn't really work for me either. It was okay. Like, I just didn't think it was necessary. Yeah. Um, cause, cause it, by the point it happens, I'm not really believing that our buzz is tempted by this. Right. If it had happened earlier and they had this confrontation, but at this point it's like, how are we going to defeat the big robot? Which is yeah. whatever, fine. I didn't care. I would have liked it more if it would have just been a real bad guy, just a real bad robot. Totally. Like didn't need it to be future Buzz. I do like that Izzy had to confront her fear of space. Yeah. And it almost goes terribly wrong. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't like that. So we also, in addition to future Buzz, we get future Socks, mm -hmm. who gets stepped on and killed, which is also glazed over pretty quick. That wasn't cool. No, but Zerg steps on his own cat. <laughs> Kills it, I guess. Yeah. And is fine with it. So already, like, we're like, in case you weren't sure, Future Buzz is a jerk. Yeah. Um, And he dies in the end, right? He blows up. Yeah. I can't picture why. How does he die? Oh, they're doing the self-destruct thing. Oh, no. He's got the canister, the fuel cell. Mm -hmm. And Buzz, oh, like, right. finally right. shoots the fuel cell. And he's like, just it's that letting That's go right. moment. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought this sequence with Buzz finally getting to hyperspeed was very visually pleasing. Mm -hmm. Like you get a little bit more of like a like a bifrost from Thor kind of thing, like the colors and the stars going by. That was and neat. confetti and confetti, which was nice. Yeah. I thought one of the funniest moments was the cat spitting out the blow dart or the oh, tranquilizer yeah. dart, and Buzz was like, "Wait, was that for me?" Uh, but just like a yeah, no, socks was the best. Yeah, socks was very. I'm cool. gonna have to get like a socks action figure. Your birthday's coming up, hundred percent. I got you covered. Um, what do you want to talk about with Lightyear? I mean, other than the twist, is there really anything to spoil? I don't know about to spoil. I, I guess I think of the danger zone as more an area where we can spoil things. Yeah. We don't come here just to spoil stuff. We can yeah. talk about the movie as freely as we want to. Um, I mean, honestly, I think I got a lot of it out. Like, Taika was my favorite mm -hmm. part. Taika and the cat. Chris Evans, interchangeable voice actor for me in sure. this movie. Um. A lot of people are mad about the the oh, same yeah, sex let's talk kiss. About this. I think that's great, and it's yeah. hilarious that people are still. I don't get it. It's fine, um, but yeah, that's that's um, Alicia Hawthorne's character. That's Buzz's partner um, who stays behind when he does his his time travel experiment stuff. Um, let's say coworker for the sake of partner getting thrown. Good point. Around. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, his I think commander and and adventure part. There it is again. Co ranger. Co ranger. I guess yeah. Space yeah, ranger. They're rangers together. She stays behind. Ends up falling in love, having a couple of children and grandchildren with um a, a, a woman who I didn't put in the cast list because I don't think she has any speaking lines. No, it's just not yeah. Real. We get her through just the flashbacks, like when Buzz is yeah. back for. I think he only saw it. Yeah briefly in like video flashbacks yeah how long does he come like i'm under the impression that he basically gets back and leaves like the entire yeah 60 years that goes by for him is like three hours he's yeah. like i gotta finish the mission yeah, i'm going again been a lifetime because <laughs> they have four years to develop a new fuel cell basically right so he's like pump me in again i'm going it's been like it's four minutes at a time 
I don't know. I think he, I like to see the movie where we deal with the psychological repercussions of Buzz realizing like, oh, this has not been a long bad dream for one bad day. It's been like, I, this is real. I don't know. That would be a dark, yes, dark would. movie. Yes. Just Buzz Lightyear in his room, just yeah. dealing with PTSD. The whole movie is just him in socks it, locked in the yes. room. And he's got a drinking problem. So we call it Buzz Lightyear. Yes. And then it just becomes a whole movie about the dangers of alcoholism and post-traumatic stress and like. And not dealing know. with trauma. Right. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. A24. <laughs> yeah. Put that shit up. David I mean, Lowry, yeah, you it. could do that. Just like a vaguely. Uh, light yearish astronaut type figure who's yeah. like dealing with the traumatic effects of him being the only yeah. one having time go faster. Totally, that would actually be a good drama. I think that would be great. I'd fucks then, with that. And movie. then, who do you cast in that role? Do you think? Oh, I have a few that come to mind. Like Robert Pattinson jumps to mind. Great one. I would say Casey Affleck, mm. a la like Manchester by the Sea, mm. or like Ryan Gosling does a really good strung out dude. Like if you've seen Half Nelson, yeah, or like Blue Valentine, he's just destroyed in that movie. I think Oscar Isaac could rip that too for sure. That'd be a great one. Wow. Uh, yeah, that'd be a fun game to play. We could just go on forever. Yeah. Um. Okay, that'd be a great movie though. We should we should script that. All that to say, yes. Buzz Lightyear's co-worker, the ranger, is gay. Yeah. Yes. She's lesbian. She has um, a wife. And she has kids. Yes. They kiss once. And I think people in China are unhappy about it. I think people in America too. I think people everywhere are unhappy about it. You read, read like an article or something about. I think it got pulled in China. This movie. Didn't. Oh really? Yeah. What? Yeah. You can't do that. No, they can. It's a communist yeah, country. Not, you can't they do that for shit sure. In America. Can. Um. Yikes. Yeah. That's not great. No. Yeah, it's not good. Well, people are probably mad about it here in America too. I would imagine yeah. in certain regions of of the country. Probably. Um, I thought it was a you know a pretty innocuous thing. Um, you point this out. It's not like a huge like makeout scene. Like yeah, it's, a it's their fortieth wedding anniversary, and and they kiss on her way in. Yeah, it's pretty, a greeting at yeah. the door. Like, um, I am interested to know where their kids came from because they're on this colony that doesn't have a ton of. I guess they're pretty technologically advanced, obviously, mm -hmm. but like. I don't really know how that works. I'm fairly certain if we have IVF now, they'll still have it in the future. I guess I was under the impression with their turnip ship, like they just brought crew and where were they going? Do you know? I think they were like looking for hospitable planets. I think sure. that was kind of the, the, that was the mission, the vague space type mission. Dude, I'd also watch the prequel where like earth is falling apart and Buzz Lightyear is like the one who is going to put it all together. And we build this ship and during right. the apocalypse and like, I mean, it would make sense if they had some IVF, like in vitro fertilization, if you know what the acronym means. Fair enough. Um, technology on a ship where they were leaving to repopulate. A if anything, that's the place you would have all of it. Yeah. It's like we're taking the human exactly. species, so we're going to need to make some people. Yeah. yeah I mean, even sense. if you don't want to marry a dude, you're still going to maybe have you're, a kid. You have to raise three kids. That's the rule. That's the rule here. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're progressive and also not at the same time. Spinoff where Buzz Lightyear is also dealing with repercussions of having to be a father, becomes a drunk again, Buzz Lightyear part two. <laughs> Daddy issues. <laughs> of whole franchise. I like that in this movie, Buzz Lightyear gets to fly. I think that's the whole thing in Toy Story. Like, it's falling with style. But no, in here, we get him to fly. And he gets cool. the rocket pack with the, the it wings. It totally is. And the moment we get those wings for the first time, it's that very was pretty cathartic. Dope. We're like, okay, yeah, I even remember like this being a thing. Mm -hmm. It was nice that we got that moment. It was cool, too. Didn't really ever touch on it. But we learned that the the wing pack with the jets yes. is actually a an ejector seat. Yeah. So he only got those when he ejected out of his, totally. fighter, his spaceship. Yes. So that was cool. And then they built it into the 2.0 suits, which yeah. is neat. Um, they got rid of the, um, what do they call it? Like they can call it like a coward string. Oh, like, the, conf uh, the, the, the surrender, surrender string or something. Yeah. Surrender string. Which turned into a giant raspberry. Yeah. Um, 
weird thing. That was a weird, I don't know. I don't think, I don't see that being built into that suit. Right. You got like an invisibility cloak and laser blasters and a giant inflatable blueberry. Right. I don't know. <laughs> that's all I have on Lightyear. Yeah. Um, I think that's about all I got too. Okay. Then let's get into beer number two. We're talking street side still. And Johnny Summers, you've picked this one out as well. Tell me about the beer. Yeah. This was the initial purchase for these guys. I saw this can and I, I let out a squeal of delight because it was obviously Wu-Tang Clan inspired. The name of the beer is Goes Face Killa. Again, street side brewing. It's got what would you say a, a skull faced samurai? Yes, with some some kanji, like some lizard eyes, some kanjis on the side. What's a kanji? That's the Japanese uh, letters. Yeah, all right, cool. Uh, and it's got you know a, a kind of a twisted version of the Wu Tang logo. It's kind of turned sideways into a G. Huh. Uh, it's dope though. I mean, there's no way as a Wu Tang fan I couldn't just be like, "Yup, that yeah, right. we're doing that." So this was the one I snagged. Because label was so rad, beer sounded cool. Then I had to find another one from them, right. and the one that you love came along just as a you have to come with me if nice. we're going to class. Okay. Uh, so, goes face killer. It's a fruited goza. Is the proper pronunciation? Yeah, but I think when you say like you have to say goes face goza face killer. Like is that because because of the of the person? Yeah, but. the named after the rapper Ghost Face yeah. Killer. But of course, it is yeah fruited yeah. goza. Fruited goza four percent, and the description we read from their website: uh, Shimmy shimmy ya, give goes face killer our goza with plum the mic so it can take it away. Aromatics of fresh plum, light grape candy, and hints of lemon lime blended with mouthwatering acidity to round out a sublime beverage for hot days. The real question is goes face killer something I want to fuck with. Nice. Um you're trying it now for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've just had a sip. Um it's pretty underwhelming compared to the first one. I'm not getting plum until the very back end. Ooh. Um, but oh. it is kind of nice. I love that saltiness. I, there's mm. yeah, this it's very salty. It's a very salt forward goza for sure. Oh, I like that. Um yeah, it's a lot. It's a it's it's um th- there's not a ton of stuff going on, but the things that are happening, and it's mostly salt and like a plum flavor, very, very aggressive. Maybe the saltiest goes goes I've ever had. That thing, that is a salty, salty boy. I put sequench above this from Dogfish Head for sure. <laughs> I think it, but this is salty. This one feels saltier to me, maybe just because sequench has more going on in the way of flavors. Maybe. Yep. But like you said, there's re- it's just plum and maybe a touch of citrus and salt. Yeah. So there's not that counterbalance to the salt, really, that distracts. Because the plum definitely comes later. Like, mm-hmm. it's right up front. Mm-hmm. It's like salt water. It's bright, salty. Yeah. It's, it's briny. It's briny, for sure. Um, mm, okay. I don't know if I love this. I don't know either, dude. It's so uh, it's such a singular tasting experience for like 80 to 90% of it. Um, that's tricky. That's a tricky one for me. I it, It's gorgeous. It looks like guava juice to me. Yeah. Um, you know, three sips, like Gomez was saying. Don't do this. Yeah, I still stand by what I was saying. I don't think, like, to some extent, maybe because you're clearing your mouth from the other taste. But I think the more I drink it, the more I like it. Right, that's what he was saying about the twelve percent beer we were drinking on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Granted, this is four percent, so it's not. We're not. There's no risk of us being like, ah, oh, we're drunk. That's why we like it. Yeah, no. Third sip definitely felt like the saltiness kind of wasn't as noticeable. But also, like the plum didn't get any more noticeable mm-hmm. either. Like it's it's a very understated fruit flavor, which is kind of a bummer because the first beer from them was so fruit forward. For sure. Like, you know, they can do big bold flavors that get pushed right out to the front. Yep. Uh, I would have loved to have seen 
some more of like the jammy fresh yeah because like ripe plums are such a bold like rambunctious right at the front flavor yeah this is not that no if they upped the the plum by like 30 or 40 percent and like got it a little bit ahead of or even even with the saltiness yes but right now i feel the saltiness is at like 75 percent and this plum flavor is at like 60 55 mm-hmm. it's just it's chasing the salt and you know i don't think it catches up to it well enough for it to be a balanced drinking experience i feel like i should point it out because people that couldn't see what you just did with your hands think that you don't understand what 100 percent means mm-hmm. but you were like 75 percent salt and like 60 percent uh you know plum mm-hmm. when people are like does he think it's like 130 percent or whatever <laughs> 135 uh no you're just although i, I feel like it would have worked had you just made it 100 percent. you're like 75 percent salt 25 percent plum that's kind of the right spread or maybe like 20% plum and like 5% of the citrus. In my about. head, I was I was illustrating to you with my hands on a bar graph where it goes zero to 100. Sure. Oh, okay. So, sure. In, you know, the 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 line for salt. I think, is, I, think I knew what you yeah. meant, but nobody else could see your hands, but which is the Now you can see them in your mind because I was sure. saying it. Nice. So, yeah, too salty, man. It's pretty salty. Um, yeah. Like I just licked my lips and it tastes like I was just swimming in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Which actually sounds pretty nice. It does. This would be a great ocean beer. Or actually maybe it'd be the worst because maybe it is just too much salt in yeah. one day. Good river beer maybe. Or a good pool beer to make you think you're at the ocean. There you go. Nice. Pool yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I like it. Definitely don't love it. Don't even really like it. I think you have to be a, a big fan of Goza's. And mm-hmm. I've had a lot. Um, some of my favorites are nowhere near this salty. Uh, I think this. Yeah, I, I agree that you sequench sequench mm-hmm. from Dogfish Head. Thank you. I always want to say Sequake because that's a brewery. Yes, it is. Um, that's right. But Sequench uh, is very salty, but that one has a lot more lemon lime tang. Yes. and just so much presence in yeah. that. And isn't there grapefruit in that as well? I don't think so. Some sort of citrus. Maybe it's lime. It's definitely lime. lime yeah, it's it's key lime. Key lime. That's why I love it. I love key lime. Everything. But yeah. definitely just not as salty. I, I don't think. In in just mentally logging all the beers in mm-hmm. my brain, I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever had a goza this salty. I think this is the salt for me personally. Yeah, this is saltiest one I've ever had. I think for me too, man. Um, and and yeah, it's just the combination of the plum flavor with the salt that brings out the saltiness, or or rather, doesn't mask it quite as well as something as bright and citrusy as a lime does. Um, when I think sequench, I kind of think almost margarita ish because mm-hmm. um, of that biting citrus quality. It almost, almost evokes like a familiarity with the saltiness that doesn't make my brain question it. Yeah. When you think salty plums, um, it's just not something I have a ton of uh, sample sizes or a big sample size to, to pull from. No, it's definitely not things that we equate with with one another. Um, I think, yeah, it's just got an imbalance of salt to fruit. Mm-hmm. I think if we up the fruit, this beer would be much better. But as it is. As it is. Out of 10, Johnny Summers, lay it on me. Honestly, it's like a 4-2. It's pretty freaking low, man. I mean, it really just it it harkens to seawater and not in a good way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I yeah. can't give high merits to a beer that just reminds me of coming up, hacking and sputtering out of the ocean, like <laughs> pulling kelp out of my teeth. It's also worth noting you hate the ocean. I swam in the ocean at your bachelor. Party, I remember that, but, but you did normally you did it under protest. I do not fucks with the ocean. Yeah, you'll like. I did the it beach. under the influence. Is what I did it under. <laughs> Uh, and it would have taken a hell of a lot of these beers to get you as drunk as you must have been to get in the ocean that day because it was cold and mm-hmm. it was the ocean. Yeah. Uh, and this is only 4%, which, again, doesn't always work against a beer, but I think if you're not deliciously tasty, 
you got to give me something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's alcohol and it's not here. Yeah. You can't be lacking in, in deliciousness and alcohol. Right. So dude, it's a four for me too. It's, it's a little under middle of the road. It's not gross, but it's, um, it's, uh, it's daunting yeah. for sure. Well, and especially when, when you, you know, put it next to a bright shining star, like Puckett. Yes. Like you set the bar so high for yourselves mm-hmm. in street side brewery that, I'm sorry, but you flew too close to the sun. There was nowhere to go but down. Yeah. All right. Ghost face killer. Johnny Summers, it's a 4.2 for you. It's a 4 for me. That will conclude our coverage of Streetside Brewery today. Unless, do you have anything else on this? Uh, No, I'm good. I'm Other than I think everyone should try Pucket. And sure. I want to buy one of those. How much was this one? Same price. Same price, range, yeah. yeah. All right. You want to get in Hot and Bothered? Yep. Hot and Bothered. I'm kicking it off. Here we go. Boom. There's a new movie on Netflix called Spiderhead. It came out this year. Um, I believe it released um, the week that you're hearing this podcast. And the podcast dropped. It came out. Um, and it's a movie directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who directed the latest Top Gun. And it stars Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller. Chris Hemsworth is the um, essentially a warden in this state-of-the-art prison where it's very like easy going. The prisoners are sort of allowed to come and go as they please within reason. And it's an alternative for them to a state penitentiary. But the catch is they have to voluntarily undergo experiments with emotion-altering drugs that are installed into little tiny packs that live in, in the lower region of their back. Oh, and it just injects them, like direct totally. injection? Yeah. Ooh. So there's like, there's like drugs to make them feel loving feelings or anger or um, passivity or, or any number of things. And... Um, Miles Teller is a convict. Again, Chris Hemsworth is kind of the one running the experiments. Uh, and we're under the impression that he's kind of doing this for a larger company who insists they do these trials. Mm. Um, this movie also has Journey Smollett, who uh, plays another inmate and a romantic interest of Miles Teller's character, Jeff. Um, and it's sort of a high concept sci-fi movie. Um, it runs, uh, you know, just like a tight hour 40, I think. Hour 47. Hour 47, yeah, sure. Um feels very black mirror-y to me. And I wasn't going in with super high expectations. I love both of those main leads. I think mm-hmm. uh, can be both charismatic dudes. Um, and I, I think it works out okay. The movie is better, I think would have been better as a short film, as a high concept thing. Okay. And there's not a ton to work with. By the end of it, I think it kind of devolves into some goofy stuff. Mm. Overall, though, it's it's on Netflix. And if you're into what I've described and you like sci-fi and, and the idea of kind of manipulating human beings to some larger purpose nefarious probably then check it out i think it's a worthwhile watch so it's sitting right now at 5.4 imdb 42 percent rotten tomatoes uh, i have a couple questions mainly because yeah. uh, i'm selfish and i want to figure out if i should watch it sure uh so first question uh performance wise give chris hemsworth and miles teller like how how did they do in this did they, they both did they kill it they both do great right away yeah you know they're good i think this is a very less is more kind of movie and, and the more the plot starts to unfold and you start to figure it out, the, it starts to fall apart. Okay. Um, Chris Hemsworth's character is, um, you know, he's kind of an eccentric dude and um, you kind of have to buy into the fact that he's a weirdo, but like charismatic and attractive, but he's also like kind of a freak um, in some ways. Um, and, and Miles Teller does his thing. Like, I think he's a little too self-serious in this movie. I think the character is a little bit too, like, I don't know if Miles Teller was the right move necessarily. Mm. I think he does an okay job. It brings a lot of heft. He does. I just think he's a little bit better when he's given some chances to 
be more of a a, a likable, lighthearted guy. Like I think he was great in Maverick. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't get a lot of time here to uh, to take some weight off of his shoulders. Needs to have more of a dynamic role. Yeah, and the the cop out here is that like he's given drugs. Like one of the drugs they have names for all of them too, which um were a little bit laughable sometimes. Like one is called like Verbaluce. V E R B. Gee, does that make you talk? L U C E. Yeah, it makes you like be better with words. There's one called that like makes you freak out about everything. It's like a torture fear drug. So like Darken Flocks, which is um really <laughs> awkward and a weird name. What? Um, there's one called Love Actin. Hmm. Like it makes you horny. Yeah. I guess. Um, so that kind of stuff is a little bit on the nose and, and sure. not fully fleshed out. But it feels very much like a COVID kind of production where somebody had this idea and they're like, all right, we're gonna make a small cast of people and try to do this movie. It wasn't great. It was totally fine. You know, I would say watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a go. All right. Um, the concept is cool. I've been thinking about it a lot today. I was like, that seems like a place we could go as a species and where we're at with technology. I can totally. See happening. It's all, of course, under the guise of Chris Hemsworth being like, with these drugs, with this research, we could help so many people, people that aren't able to feel love and could finally feel fulfillment in their life. And there's a mystery drug at the center of all this that we're not clear on that, that of course, we find out about. So the plot, when you started describing it, it kind of immediately, I mean, obviously without the consent, but mm. hearkened mm. back to old, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Oh, sure. Where they're um, experimenting on people with drugs. Right. Uh, Is that what it was in that movie? Oh, that's right. They give them drugs and that's mm-hmm. why they're aging. It's not the beach at all. No, the right? beach ages them, but they're giving them drugs because it speeds up the experimentation time. So they oh, can okay. see in real time how something would affect somebody over their whole life oh that's right okay yeah. cool yeah um yeah no the, the the catch here is like they need they need a verbal acknowledgement so like every time like like drip on and like acknowledge um and then surely slowly but surely we get into like more ethically dicey situations yeah. it's like i'm sure we're already experimenting with prisoners like there's probably, gotta dude. be yeah it's not good you still need to watch the card counter by the way i will i'll show you this movie it's on year. hbo max now oh cool so it's really accessible yeah i like i like the idea of questioning what we allow ourselves to do to people that we consider um less than free citizens like mm. the prisoners a great example does that come up in card counter it's the whole thing oh yeah okay. it's it's a lot of the whole thing for one character all right yeah well i'm kind of in between series right now uh, i just finished up a pretty big one so that's a good as transition as i've ever heard i'm, I'm gonna say real quick to add to bookend this spiderhead for me is like a six okay like i like the concept it wasn't executed perfectly but it's a decent movie Cool. Okay. It sounds like a, a slightly above average Black Mirror episode. Totally. Yeah. And it sounds like the, like with the names and stuff, it really reminded me of some of them where it's just like, this is kind of silly, yes. but you, you've got like a really great through line. Mm-hmm. Like that's what all those episodes have is yep. a great idea that sometimes gets presented sloppily. 100%. Nice. Uh, what show did you just finish? Uh, I did just finish uh, season four. Whoa. Surprise, Burt. Yeah. Uh, season four of Stranger Things. Oh, good. Finally. Um. I think you had said well, that last week. For a week. Yeah, I think. La- well, I've just been looking forward to it because oh. last week you were like, "I'm going to finish it by this week," and I was waiting to hear your thoughts to know whether or not I should watch it. Well, so. I'm insecure, and you said finally, and I was like, <laughs> "I watched it as fast as I could." I'm sorry. Uh, how would you think? I really liked it. I think it might be my favorite season. This and season one are up there with like my favorite seasons of of, uh, of Stranger okay. of Stranger Things. Okay, because uh, this is the fourth season, so we've got you know four separate chunks. Uh, one and two felt very similar. Three diverged pretty dramatically, mm-hmm. especially as the kids are aging. A lot of different ideas, new characters, different structure. And then season four was just some really well done, high level sci fi horror. Like, uh-huh. uh, you might not like it. It was so. Oh, that, it was that like, intense. It was almost like 
it was suspenseful for me a lot. And like I was gripping a few times. Uh, but the character development, the the empathy that you feel, just the writing, it endears you so much to these characters. And also, we've watched m- most of the main cast grow up together. I believe uh, Millie Bobby Brown was 10, 9 or 10 when the show started. When did the show start? Oh, God. I can find out. Yeah, I don't know exactly. But, you know, they're all high school age now, and they're all in high school in the show, so... You've, you've had a lot of time to endear yourself to these characters and watch them grow up and deal with all these problems. But uh, season four, absolutely magnificently written. We have a new villain. There's all kinds of, of really just dark cinematography. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's so atmospheric and creepy. They're, they're so good at that. The two brothers, the Duffert brothers, Duffert brothers I believe, yeah. that do that. Yeah. Uh, they're really good at creating an atmosphere and just an overall aura of a vibe mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. just that creepy ooh it's just great man yeah so yep i really liked season four uh there are two episodes that are going to come out in july that wrap up season four mm-hmm. so they kind of released it a little bit of a two-part thing sure uh highly recommend though if you haven't watched stranger things somehow uh, i feel yeah. like it'd be a good time to jump in you got sure. a lot of good content to watch yeah uh, there was one storyline in season four that kind of diverged. There's obviously divergent storylines mm-hmm. in, in a lot of mm-hmm. shows, and some of them get a little cheesy, but for the most part, excellent writing, excellent horror, great suspense, great character arcs, super into it. Two thumbs way up. Nice, dude. Do you want to take a stab at when season one came out? Mm, what year is it? 2022? I'd say 2012. 2016. Okay. Yeah, so not that long ago, about, about eight years ago. That's not right. Six years ago. 2012 great no 2016 oh yeah 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 um okay uh well sweet dude yeah i'm gonna i'm still catching up on the boys i think i've got at least one or two episodes to finish there well i gave up on that show did you yeah season last season halfway through yeah that's right no we talked about that Yeah, just not for me all right that seems strange to me why why did you not like it it was just so it became a soap opera with uh superheroes like that wasn't about superhero shit. It was about like their problems. That's true. I don't like. But that. that's what the world, dude. That's what it would be if there were superheroes. It's like the whole point of the show is like, what, yeah. would, what would the world actually be like with superheroes? They'd be a bunch of divas. Yeah. And like it would just be all drama. It just wasn't showing me enough like new and interesting. And it, I mean, it, it all seemed new. But then like you get into the like the next season and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Like yeah. I was just gonna no, didn't didn't. And Fair Homelander's enough. fucking creepy. Yeah, Does he milk a cow in the new season? I don't know. He's not milked a cow yet. I think it's coming. I've um, seen it in the trailers. You sure? I saw him reaching for an udder, bro. Yes. Um, maybe he did and I forgot, but only if I, I did. I feel like you wouldn't not, forget No, it's that. not the weirdest thing. I've, it's not. That's he's. That's like That'd be a normal thing for him. People milk cows all the time. Yeah, but he's got a thing with milk. That, he has a thing with human milk. Yeah. If he milked a human, I'd be like, that would stick out in my brain. And that actually seems more likely, which I know for sure he hasn't done in this season. But milking a cow, would have, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have batted an eye. Mm. So maybe that happened. I don't know. I feel like you could bat a cow or milk, milk a just cow. hit it with a bat. Home run, like, baby. I feel like you could milk a cow sensually and really just leave a lasting scar on a lot. His of thing is with like his thing is like he's got like mommy issues. He's he's um he's not human. Yeah. He's obviously he's not human. Um, he's not human born. Yeah. Like there's this whole compound. It's like a it's like a drug that was invented that was given to a lot of kids. But he wasn't even a kid that was born. He was a kid that was made in a factory and then also given mm-hmm. the thing. 
so he's had this weird like mommy issue stuff where like I think he's like breastfed. There's been scenes of him like breastfeeding from a grown up. And that was like that was bothersome. Mm-hmm. I would I would love if he would just milk a cow. That'd be great. Bro, just get into cow's milk. Yeah. Just <laughs> you can even have your own cow, just only milk it. Hey, drink man, the milk. Have fine. you tried oat milk? It's delicious. Give him oat milk. Come yeah. on, bro. Oat Miner's a he's a creepy character, dude. Um that actor's name is uh, Anthony um Anthony something. Uh crushes that role. Yeah. Very creepy. He's he's up there with like actors that I can no longer separate from that role. He's that guy, like uh, Jack Gleason, um, Joffrey, mm. or for our friend Nick, Joaquin Phoenix. Yep, uh, you're just that guy. Very but... creepy. Yeah, really sells it. Well, I look forward to hearing your maybe full recap next week. I don't. I think there's a couple more. Oh, weeks. it's coming out weekly. Yeah, isn't it? and I'm not sure. Just like Obi Wan, we got to catch up on that. <sighs> there's one more week of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna watch it. Okay. No, I am. We said we were gonna do it, so I'll watch it. For, we'll do it for Patreon, but um, it's not getting better. We got. I've need to watch episode five, and then episode six comes out this week. Okay, sweet. Um, do you have anything else on anything this week? Uh, no, just some sneak previews for next week. What right? are we watching yeah. next week? Black Phone with Ethan Hawke. Yeah. I am super pumped for this movie. Why? It looks scary, and I think you might hate it. I will not hate it. I know in the you will might get scared. Like I might. I, I might need scared. to go see this with you. That'd be great. Um, yeah. Um, Ethan Hawke's been, I really like Ethan Hawke. He's done a lot of very different stuff, but you go from first reformed to moon Knight to this. Totally. Um, yeah, he was the bad guy in moon Knight. Is that right? Yes. Okay. I still didn't watch that. Um, but like, yeah, he'll do like, yeah, first reformed or like Juliet naked, but then he's got like this weird track record of like horror stuff mm-hmm. like sinister. Sinister was great. Sinister was great. And I think sinister was a bloom house movie too, which I believe black phone is. And it's like this cultivation of this cool relationship that he's had with whoever's been making these movies. Um, Scott Derrickson is doing Black Phone. Um, and yeah, he did Sinister. So that makes sense. Nice. So I have high hopes for it. Yeah, it, me too. Um, the the letterbox synopsis of this movie is uh, Finney Shaw, a shy but clever 13-year-old boy, is abducted by a sadistic killer and trapped in a soundproof basement where screaming is of little use. When a disconnected phone on the wall begins to ring, Finney discovers that he can hear the voices of the killer's previous victims, uh, and they are dead set on making sure that what happened to them doesn't happen to Finney. A pretty basic horror concept, like haunted phone, dead kids, scary abductor guy. Mm -hmm. I think Ethan Hawke is probably up to it. I think it could probably be really good. Yeah. So I'm excited to see it. Me too. Fingers firmly crossed to not be disappointed for that. And, and then, then yeah, uh, what I we believe drinking? you provided the beers. I did, kind of, in, in a roundabout way. The beers were provided to me for us. So um, you were sought out at a gig I by, was. by a guy? And we'll talk about it more next week. But f- for now, we are covering an, a brewery new to the show called Last Call Brewing in Oakdale. Um, I was down at Dying Breed, which will be our following week, which we've done on the show before. But uh, next week is going to be Last Call Brewing. Um, and their beers are not, I don't think, available in Chico there might be one spot, but I think they're out of beer right now. So for now, just know that we will be drinking some fun beers, hopefully. Um, and if you want them after our review of next week's beers, uh, let us know because we can get more. There you go. So that's where we're at. Um, thanks, as always, to our patrons on Patreon, our friends at The Handlebar. The show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi, and that's Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. Remember, drink beers inspired by your favorite dessert or your favorite rap group. Nice. Watch. What did we watch? Watch movies. Just I don't watch care. movies or Just shows. Watch, like, watch, watch anything. Watch something watch cool. Something. Talk to your friends about it. Uh, most importantly, be good to each other. I love you. Max thinks you're fine. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Report to that. Here
is Fresh Hop Cinema.